social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting us. If you're social, then you really could be leading us. You can't let what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kirpin, and I am so excited to have my client and friend on the show today. Today, I'm introducing you to Dana Hathaway of Extra Space Storage. Dana Hathaway joined Extra Space Storage in 1999 after beginning her career in the agency and high-tech worlds. She's played an integral role in growing the marketing department from three people to more than 40 people, and I personally have been around to witness a lot of that growth. In addition, she has helped to grow the organization from 30 retail locations to over 1,000 today. So we're going to have a lot of questions about kind of being there for that growth. Unbelievable. She's overseen marketing activities in various functions for the past 15 years and has experience in driving integrated marketing plans using interactive, social, television, branding, and even local grassroots tactics, all helping her maximize revenue for over 1,000 self-storage facilities across the country. I cannot wait for you to learn from this social superstar today. Welcome, Dana. Thanks, Carrie. Great I'm, to be here. I'm so happy to have you here, and I love having you in person in the studio coming all the way from Salt Lake. Absolutely. Okay, so it, it must have been an incredible experience for you to watch an organization grow from having just really a few locations uh, to really being this kind of behemoth. Can you tell me a little bit of how you got your start, how you ended up there, and then we'll talk a little bit about what that experience is to watch something grow like that. Sure. This is this is fun to think about and to talk about. Um, I was in the high tech space when James Overturf, who is still my boss today, contacted me. We worked together at 3Com prior to him leaving to join Extra Space. And six months after he left, he called me and said, hey, there's an opportunity. You need to come talk to me. And I laughed out loud at him over the phone <laughs> because at the time, the high-tech world was booming. Right. It was the dot-com phase. Everyone was going crazy. Um, and from a marketing perspective, marketing departments were having a lot of fun, spending a lot of money, doing really cool campaigns and traveling across the country you know, to spend time with their agencies, et cetera. So I was having a lot of fun in what I was doing. James was at a company doing cell storage facilities, which could be the furthest from sexy world. Yeah. And um, it had, at the time, had 30 facilities. So it didn't sound like a reason to leave the situation I was in. However, with three or four meetings, and he continued to just say, just come to the office and, and talk to some of the people and hear what we're doing here. And so as soon as I went into their offices and spoke to a couple of the key people involved and heard the story and the vision that they had for this company, uh, I was quickly convinced that I should leave this booming high-tech place and go to this, you know, what I thought was this sleepy self-storage industry. That's really amazing. So do you think that vision is key for attracting talent? Do you think that it's buying into that vision? Yes, absolutely. And I think a part of it for me was Spencer Kirk, who is our CEO today, 
was part of that vision, even in the early days. He came out of retirement because of the vision that he saw and the ability to grow a company, which is what he was passionate about doing. And he had a reputation, at least in the Salt Lake area, for being someone that you wanted to work with and be a part of where he was taking a company. And so when you joined and there were 30 retail locations and then it started to grow, how quickly did that happen with Extra Space? Uh, The growth was continuous. We made our biggest step forward in terms of growth when we acquired Storage USA. And Mm -hmm. so we had around 115 or so locations when we acquired Storage USA, and they had 450. So it was like this small fish swallowing a shark, um, which was a huge, exciting challenge and opportunity for us. But it was big for a company to do that, right? Yeah. I would imagine it would be huge, and and I would also imagine that it would probably impact the culture a little bit, right? It impacted the culture. We had Storage USA, who was headquartered in Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and Extra Space, who was headquartered in Salt Lake City, Utah. And so not only did we have two very different cultures in terms of locations, we also had two different brands. We had two different company names. We had to figure all this out, and how did you bring... How do you bring these teams and these organizations as well as these brands and marketing messages together? And so how did you do that? <laughs> One step at a time. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love yeah, that. Big challenge. But what we did and, you know, core to our philosophy today is data. Use the mm-hmm. data. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we looked at what Storage USA was doing. We looked at what Extra Space was doing. Um, from a data perspective, and then even to determine what logo and what name we would carry forward as a company, we used data. So we did customer research in terms of which name was resonating better with people, which logo resonated better, and it, Extra Space Storage came out on top. That's the one we went forward with. And we all understood going into it that, hey, we're going to support the decision that comes out of this, regardless of which it is, because you had two very big groups of people on either side of the fence, trying to come together into one organization. Mm. But clearly they had their favorite, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But that knew they had to get behind whatever decision came out of this. So it sounds like data-based decisions is really a philosophy that Extra Space has held true to. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit as when we talk about some of the social strategies as well, that it's very data-based in terms of how you make your decisions. Okay, so you started, so it was 15 years ago at Extra Space? Yes. Okay, and then you had three babies, correct? I've had three babies. Three babies. <laughs> so did you tell me a little bit about how you're you're working in this kind of fast-growing, um, rapid-paced environment, and you're also having a family. Tell me a little bit about what you did to structure your success. Uh, geez, this one is trial and error, too. Um, you learn as you do it. But I'm lucky and fortunate that I have some things going for me. I have a supportive organization uh, who I have proven myself to in terms of my commitment to them and my ability to work hard for them. Mm-hmm. And so they, in return, have shown their partnership and willingness to be flexible with me as I've grown. So as the as the um, children have come into my life, my schedule has evolved and changed with that to fit the needs 
for both of us. And did you feel like, because I think this is this really resonates, um, in particular, one of the reasons I can ask you this is because obviously we, we've been such good friends for such a long time and have worked together for a long time. Um, but I think this is really important for women who are starting in their careers and thinking about, you know, I, I'm going to want to have a family. I'm going to want to do this. Did you, did you feel like you had to negotiate how you would structure that? Did you feel like you um, needed to kind of push it or did you feel like the organization came to you and, and, if you were in that same position now at any company, how would you approach it? Um, the advice I give to people today uh, when I'm asked about this is you you need to take control of your situation. So you need to do the be the one to start the conversation. However, you cannot start that conversation unless you've proved your value. So I think it's all about you need to be in a situation that you're 100% comfortable and confident that you can ask for what you want. Right. Anything is true in life. I think along those lines, don't go ask for something that you don't deserve or that you have the right to ask for. Um, does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Do you have tips or suggestions for how someone might prove their value? We've had a lot of different guests talk about um, how they've moved ahead in their careers. And a lot of them talked about um, kind of showing what they've done and repeated and telling people over and over what they've done. Do you subscribe to that philosophy or how do you how do you prove your value? I do subscribe to what you just said, but I would also say that you have to work hard. I mean, it's about hard work and people will see your hard work if you do the hard work. Uh, I don't believe you, I'm not as showy about what I'm doing, but I'm, you'll see me working hard. I also am dedicated. People see that. And I think the other thing is respect. So you see a lot or what you need to see is people will see if you respect the organization and the goals that they're driving towards. Uh, and you will quickly be recognized for that. I can't tell you how far I think that goes. Um, and But a lot of it is just there's a lot of politics and noise in every organization. And if you can clear that out of your space as much as, po as possible, keep your head down and focused, and just show your organization that you're there to get done what needs to get done and help drive the organization forward, you'll be seen. I love that. I love that. It sounds like focus is yes. really yes. what you need to do. Yes. That's great. I think that's very, very helpful for a lot of our listeners because it's a, it becomes a very pivotal point, right? When you're when you're pushing forward in your career and then you're about to start a family and yeah. it can be very stressful. But yeah. I think it's good advice, right? And I think even today, with the um, the younger generation that's coming into the workspace, there's so much extra noise because of technology mm -hmm. and because of social media and mm -hmm. everything that's going on. There's this real need to try and, you know fight out for your little space uh, in the organization. And I don't think that it's as necessary. I think you just have to stick to your work ethics and focus and you'll be seen and recognized. It's probably even harder to stay focused, right? Because there are Absolutely. so many distractions Absolutely. than when we were starting Absolutely. in our careers. Yes. Yeah, I would imagine that for sure. Yes. Okay, so extra space storage. You mentioned before that it's not something you think of and you think, wow, this is a really sexy brand. <laughs> and yet they've done some pretty cool things in social. Tell us a little bit about your overall strategy and your marketing strategy as a whole, and then we'll drill down into the specifics of social. Yes. So we are very focused on customer acquisition. So mm -hmm. we're trying to get people in the door to our facilities to rent units. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a really clear-cut goal. It's one we can measure easily. And so from a marketing perspective, this is a little bit of a challenge because people don't have a strong connection to a self-storage company in terms of a brand. It's not right. like your Beats headphones or your iPhone that you have. You have a strong emotional connection to those products, enough that you 
would get on Facebook and like their pages and follow them and care about what they say. Self-storage is a need-based product. It's a commodity product, and it's one that isn't as sexy. So, But then if you take a step back, and what we're learning more and more every year is there is this underlying emotional connection to our product. It's not one like the Beats headphones mm-hmm. that I keep using as my example, but you care a lot about those, enough that you want to pick the color out and everything, and mm-hmm. they're really important. The storage space is important and emotional because behind what's behind that door? It's There's a reason someone needed to store with us, and it's likely an emotional tie because of their children moving out and their valuables of their children or a divorce or a, a significant life change causes a need for storage. So that does bring this emotional connection, but it's not one that people recognize until they're in the need. Um, and so it's tricky to market because it's not as fun and as sexy, right, as a lot of these other products that are out there. No, and especially with things like divorce, it's hard to be like, congrats, you're getting divorced. Here's <laughs> exactly. time for storage or exactly. anything along those exactly. lines. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, and you don't have the need a lot, right? You hope as an individual that you're not going through some of these life changes that cause the need for storage. And so we have to try and find ways to be top of mind top of awareness in people's minds when they when the need arises. But it's not that often that the need arises. So it sounds like it's more about being there when they, when you need them and not, um, you know, kind of push, pushing a message at them yes. all the time. It's more about when they need you that you're there. Yes. And now it's also evolving with social that we want to find a way to be meaningful in their life as a brand and so that when that needs arises, they'll think of us and, and, oh, you know, they've done more beyond just tell me I need storage. They've actually helped me in my life in other ways. And you've done some interesting things, right, connecting with bloggers around the home and different things along those lines to connect with people who might be in those um, spaces where they're having those major life changes, whether it's a new child, whether it's right. somebody going off to college or along right. those lines. Right. So we're doing a lot with organizational bloggers yep. and organizational content even in terms of helping people with their lives. And we're finding great success with that. Oh, that's great. So that's about um, really adding value around organization. Ideally, if you're very organized, you might need storage less, but it's interesting that you're taking that approach. Yeah. So it's, you know, storage is about space, right? Right. It's about needing, hopefully, extra space for your life. But organizing is also about space and how you create that space in an organized way. So we figure it's a connection that we can make to our brand without too big of a stretch, adding value to people's lives. And in in return, I would say sometimes storage can help you be more organized. Mm -hmm. There's a large percentage of our customers who use storage because they need extra space. Think about the city here that we're in, New York. (laughs) You don't have... We need extra space in the street when we were walking (laughs) over here, right? We just need little storage units to store some of the people that were in our way. Exactly. I love it. And these studio apartments and stuff that you guys, you don't have closets. You don't have space. Yep. So, and we have clients all over that say, I use you as an extra garage because I don't have the garage, but I want my... Um, you know, I want my four-wheelers or my snowmobiles close by that I can take them out on the weekends. So, And so it's about how to add value to their yes, lives with, yes. with tips on organization, et cetera. Tell me a little bit about other types of content that you've done that have really resonated well. So what we are trying to do now is we have the organizational tips, uh, but we're trying to find a way to build more content around the core of our product, mm-hmm. storage, which, as we talked about, is tricky. So how much can you say about storage? But we are working with 
a lot of companies who are close to our product but not our product to try and expand that reach and the voice to the consumer that might be in that space. So, for instance, moving is a big reason why you use storage. And there's a lot around tips for moving that we're working on or, or have done currently. Another big one, one of the big reasons people use our product is RV storage. Mm-hmm. There's a huge audience in RV. So we recently put out a big partnered with an RV company and did a big video on RV tips. Um, everything from, you know, getting your RV ready to take out of storage for the season or putting it away at the end of the season. Uh, so finding other verticals that are close to our product and partnering with them and doing joint content together. So it sounds like you're really tapping into communities of interest that would be apt to use storage. Absolutely. So the RV community, communities of people who are moving, all yep. of these kind of life yep. stage events. Exactly. Exciting stuff. Yes. I love it. I love it. So you're going to make storage sexy. And you also do you do a little bit of playfulness, right, with your content and you have fun. Yes, and we're trying and we're doing more of that. We just did some customer testimonial uh, videos. And those were so cool to see because these people came in and poured their hearts out about how great we were to them by protecting their stuff, these valuables that are so important and dear to them. So I think we are. We're trying to find a more emotional connection with our customers to take storage beyond storage. Yeah, because ultimately it's really about the stuff that you're storing, right? It's stuff that you don't want to part with. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. And you guys also have a blog, right? We have a blog. You have a blog, and you're working on a lot of content in that area because I would imagine that that would help drive traffic to the site. Yes. And so based on your conversions and rentals, right, that would probably be a key opportunity. Yes. Okay. So tell me a little bit about what's next. I know that you guys have an increased focus on content. Tell me what's next for Extra Space. That's a big question. Um, We are working hard on content marketing and how it is going to help and drive SEO. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a strong connection there. And so a lot of this is Google+. Um, and creating the right content for Google+. Plus, mm-hmm. A lot of this is going with our content to be um, even stronger on the social networks mm-hmm. and beyond. Mm-hmm. So how do we reach these audiences that share our verticals, as we just discussed, beyond Facebook um, and Google+. Plus? And where are those people and how can we talk to them? And that's where we believe that content marketing and even partnering with other organizations to do shared content will really become a big thing, um, including videos and slide shares and a lot of PR and press releases. So it sounds like it's less about the networks themselves and much more about what type of content you can put out. And then the, it sounds like, to me, the way that you're measuring it is by through the driving of search, correct? Yeah. So I would say it's it's less about the networks, you're right, more about the content And then at the end of the day, we will see which of those distribution channels Mm -hmm. for content, let's not even say networks, but which of the distribution channels for content are driving the most results. Mm -hmm. And as you just said, I mean, a lot of that is so easily trackable back to who's coming to the website. And we look beyond that. I mean, what is the quality of the traffic? So we can, you know, we're watching very closely how many of them reserve units on our website, but then which ones move in. At the end of the day... It doesn't matter if they reserve because a lot of people do reserve on our website and don't actually convert to a rental. Mm. And so we're watching that traffic by source all the way to the move-in rate. 
Wow. So you're able to see if somebody comes, they may reserve but not convert from one channel, and that will help Absolutely. you determine. It sounds like that's exactly how you you would plan to measure social because that was one of my next thoughts is like how are you measuring all of this if yes. you're putting all that content out yes. there? It's all about coming back as a referrer. Yes. And I mean, there. this is where it's that tricky balance, especially for me overseeing the brand, is how much of it is helping elevate our brand, tell mm -hmm. the brand story, um, and make our voice stronger, which is one of our goals, uh, versus driving traffic, mm. which is driving revenue. So driving traffic is helpful for the brand, right? Because it's mm -hmm. helping tell the brand story. But at the end of the day, what percentage of that is actually turning into rentals, which gives us revenue. So it sounds like the organization as a whole when approaching social is very revenue focused. It's very revenue focused, yes, I would say. But there's a space for just telling the brand story. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the that's the question I think every brand struggles with and tries to figure out yep. is how much of that is acceptable and do you allow? And then how much of that can you measure? Right. The story for the sake of the story versus yeah. the story to yeah. get rental yeah. as a return. Yes. A major content marketing goal of ours is to tell a story that elevates the brand and that we become the voice of storage. Well, mm. how, you can't do that if you're only focused on driving rentals, right? It's got to be bigger than that. Yeah, you really you really do have to pick a focus there, right? Because if it's if it's all about being the voice, then you might measure that by share of voice, right? right. But if it's all about driving conversion, then you're going to have very sales-focused messages. Yeah. So that's an interesting – it'll be such an interesting 2015 for you. Absolutely. That's going to be really fun. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about – I know you have a, a great uh, – you have one person working exclus exclusively on social in, in your office, right? Correct. Okay. And tell me about the ideal skill set from you from watching that, the ideal skill set for somebody working in social. Uh, I would say it's got to be someone who is immersed in social. Uh, People still laugh at me that I'm over social because I'm not immersed in social. <laughs> I understand the strategy. Oh, you're it. in social. I'm in social. I've seen your Instagram. I, I would say I'm not immersed in okay. social. So the person you want, I believe, needs to be immersed in social. Needs to love it. Yes, they need to love it and they need to be in it. I would also say you've got to have someone who just has, and this is probably true with anything, but a real go-getter attitude. Yep. Um, Social's constantly changing, and the rules of the game are constantly changing, and so they've got to be quick and willing to adjust and go after what's current and what's coming next. I mean, what's current now is going to be dead so soon yep. that they've got to be, you know, and creative. I they mean, have to be pretty adaptable. It yeah, sounds like because yeah. it's changing yeah. and creative and yeah. creative. Creative is key because you have to be able to deal with a changing environment and really think about and come up with solutions that are fast and yeah. on the go. Yeah. Definitely. And if something's working, we have, you know, if a campaign works, okay, how do you take that and capitalize on mm -hmm. that even more? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen this several times where it's it's done well and works once and then it's shelved. Mm -hmm. Well, no, let's there's 10 more posts or content ideas in that one nugget. Don't yeah. miss those opportunities. And not, right, not letting something just rest on its own yeah. success. It's how to take that success and use it to create more success. Right. Very interesting. Very, very interesting stuff. Okay. So tell me, so we already know what goes into somebody who succeeds in social at your organization. Tell me a little bit about how you use social. You, you touched on this briefly. What are your networks of choice and how are you using it currently? 
this will be a short conversation. <laughs> so as you mentioned, I am on Instagram, have been on Instagram for for a while and very active. I see Instagram as a great tool, especially as a mom. So you can relate as journaling kind of your, you know, your journey with your family, your kids, you know, what's going on in your life. Um, and find a lot of fun and satisfaction in sharing that with others through Instagram. Uh, I am on Facebook, however, I do nothing on Facebook. Very little. Yeah, I, I get out and, and see what's going on and follow brands on Facebook. I don't do a lot myself personally with my page. And so um, it sounds like if I asked you your personal favorite network, it would be Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. And how about for the brand? What's your favorite network? Uh, you... Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. Google Plus has been interesting to watch. Uh, we're not quite there yet mm. with having it totally figured out, but Facebook right now. Okay, very cool. Okay, Dana, I have a kind of lightning roundish question for you. Are you ready? Let's do it. <laughs> Describe to me Extra Space's brand in three words. You're going to laugh at this. Oh, I won't. <laughs> Sexy? You know, no, just you, kidding. You know where this is coming I from. I do. But... Memories live here. Ah, memories live here. Someone smart came up with that. I love it. (laughs) All right, now, next question. Describe the Dana Hathaway brand in three words. Oh, geez. Um... Can we ask? We could ask my son. No, he is in the studio right now, but he does have his headphones on. I don't know that he's listening to us uh, to tell us at another time. Um, I am dedicated, fun, definitely, and uh, hard worker. Nice. Rock on. I love that. I love it. So dedicated, fun, and a hard worker. So what advice would a dedicated, fun, hard worker have for a young woman coming out of school, interested in getting into marketing, and interested in getting ahead? Uh, I would say go for it. I think that we need more really dedicated, fun, and hardworking (laughs) women in in the workspace and in marketing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of value that women can add, and I know that it's an extra challenge for women today to figure out their place uh, with a career and family and the things we have to balance and juggle. But what I have found is that you can do both. You can, or one or the either. I just, I don't limit yourself. And if you find something that attracts you, you've got to go for it and you've got to put the passion and desire into it and give it a try to find out if it's what you want. Awesome. I love it. Well, Dana, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank it was you. a pleasure to have you. We love learning about extra space and learning all about you. Thank you. Great to be here. Awesome. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.